interrupt your program to bring you this important podcast. How to 911. Can you can you put me out of service on a podcast, please? Welcome back to How To 911. I'm Sammy. I'm Erica. And we have two very special guests with us today. We're so excited because this is something for like our listeners and for ourselves to learn a lot about. Um, I, again, thank you guys so much for joining us and I will let you guys introduce yourselves. Excellent. Uh, my name is Leslie Whittem. I am the training and engagement manager with Rapid SOS. I have been here all of a minute. Uh, I started... <laughs> In May of this year, after 31 years in a police-only dispatch center here in Southern California, so I have transitioned a little bit. Um, I have also been an instructor with NINA, the National Emergency Number Association, for five years now. And uh, before that, I taught with another training company, so I have been in 911 since before there was this thing called the internet. Um, I joke that when I started, yeah, it was stone tablets and chisels and we sent smoke (laughs) signals out. But um, so a lot of stuff has changed, obviously, since I've been uh, in in the world of 911. And I'm so excited to be a part of uh, what Rapid SOS is bringing to the table. And I will pass it to Jameson. Yeah, thank you. Erica, Sammy, thank you so much. I've listened several times to the podcast uh, when I'm flying around the country. So and secondly, Leslie is being she's being a little bit you know not truthful she did take the first flooding calls from noah uh but uh, other than that oh, we're, we're gonna go that route okay all right listeners <laughs> giddy up it's about so so my name is jameson pb house and i've been rapid sos for all of a year and i've had about uh, 25 years in public safety uh, in the comm center emergency management director uh i got the chance to lead a comm center here in tennessee for a while I had an awesome opportunity to work with the state of Tennessee as a trainer for three years. Um, and like Leslie, I've worked with Nina for many of those years, just uh, trying to further the development of 9 across the U.S. And today uh, I get to be a part of the public safety team here at Rapid SOS, where we um, transport life-saving information to comm centers at time of incident. And uh, basically what we provide is location information from the device, typically handheld device like this, device-based hybrid, so it's Bluetooth, GPS, Etc. at time of call, but also from uh, any type of device that might have a sensor associated with it. So car crash information, we send that as well. Uh, Device-based hybrid information from maybe it's an app that's also using it that has to do with your emergency health profile. All these different things where there's this basically this waterfall of data that we have available at our fingertips today for 911 calls. Uh, We're able to process through to uh, the Rapid SS platform into the comm centers. But the cool thing about it is that we just don't send the data to you. That data is curated by the public safety team here at Rapid SOS. We have 460 years of experience in the comm center. And we look at those data flows and say, what makes sense for the telecommunicator and what's extraneous? What doesn't really need to happen? And so when we pass that data through, it's already been vetted by our team. And then we vetted a second time with comm centers across the U.S. to say, does this make sense for you? Because at the end of the day, we, we want to affect two things and two things only for our team. One is we want to reduce time to dispatch. It makes sense, right? The second thing is we want to use data to reduce stress on telecommunicators. And when you start integrating that into the workflow, that's a big deal. And that plays into staffing and retention and a lot of other things you all know about. 
Yeah, and and one of the ways when I when I first started uh, with Rapid SOS, um, one of the uh, Michael Martin, who is our CEO and and one of the uh, developers of this incredible tool, um, and he's got a whole personal story about uh, why he uh, went down that path. But if if you think about a, an hourglass and all of the the grains of sand that are in the top of that hourglass, and then there's that that funnel in the middle where everything kind of slows down because it's it's has to go through such a, a tight space. Um, well, if you think of all of those grains of sand as a piece of digital data, we wear data, we have it in our back pocket, our cars have data, all of this information that is available, but when it gets to the people who need it, the people who are sitting in the, the 911 centers, the people who are gonna be responding to these emergencies, it slows down. And so what Rapid SOS is doing is making that funnel bigger and, and making that an easier transition so that those people who are answering the 911 calls get the information and can then yeah. therefore pass it on to the people who are responding to, to the events. And it's it's super exciting because, you know, and, and I'm sure, we're going to let you talk here in a second, but um, <laughs> this is the podcast, Liz. <laughs> exactly, you've invited two people on your podcast that you know. Um, but it's it's just amazing, you know. I joke that I, I started this job when there was no such thing as the internet, and then the internet happened, and then wireless nine one one happened, and now it's this, and it's changing at such a, a pace that I think there are some people out there who are like, "Whoa, hold on a second. Um, but to Jameson's point, it, it is it is curated in such a way that it makes sense because we've all sat in that seat and, and we know how important that information is. And some of the stuff that, yeah, okay, we'll get to it, but maybe that's not what I want to see initially. And, and so it's, it's awesome to be a part of that. And if you have listeners who are sitting in the comm center and have questions and, and want to talk to us, hey, we are more than happy to you know, speak directly with anybody who's got questions and, and we are more than happy to uh, share some of that knowledge that we may, we may not get to in the next 28 minutes or so. <laughs> well, thank you for that brief overview. How, so what I use Rapid SOS for is the location a lot. Um, a lot of times it's really accurate, even more accurate than my phase two and definitely more accurate than my phase one. If cell phone providers had more accurate information for us at the time of a 911 call, what else does Rapid SOS provide that, because if they finally caught up with the technology mm -hmm. um, on the other side, and just gave us those accurate location informations. Rapid SOS still has so much more to offer than just that location information, right? Right, huge, huge. And one of the things I've got um, an elderly father, um, and, and my my in laws live locally. And one of the things, and and for anybody out there who's got, I'll just start off with the Apple Apple phone, an Apple device, and has the health alert. So if you go in your app store and you look for the one with the heart. That is your uh, ability to put in important information regarding any health conditions that you may have, both visible and invisible, uh, because we know that there are some things out there that, you know, just looking at someone, you can't necessarily tell that maybe they've got diabetes or in the, uh, the example that I'm going to use with my son, he's a stutterer. So 
All of that health information, Apple asks you to authorize that, to share that with your emergency communication center, your ECC. And that way, when you dial 911, all of that information now is, is visible to the 911 dispatcher. Um, and like I said, so my son's 26, uh, but he stutters. And you know that's not necessarily a health condition, but in a situation where he's trying to communicate because maybe he's been the victim of a crime or he's involved in an accident or has witnessed something like that, sometimes speaking might be a challenge for him. And for the dispatcher, you know, Jameson talks about reducing some of that stress. Every single one of us who has sat in that seat, you know, when you know somebody has just been traumatized or needs help and you want to ask, where are they? What, what's your location? And they can't provide that to you. Your stress level just, ugh. And so seeing that and going, oh, he's got a disfluency. Got it. And so it takes some of that, okay, let me try another tact. Let me go a different route. And so that's one example of some of that information that's going to be coming in. And we have hundreds others, but Jameson, what's your, that, that's my favorite because it has an impact directly to my family. And, and, and I, want, uh, I want people to know that if you've got somebody in your family or your circle of friends that may have something like that, that that information can be shared. So even if they're not able to speak to the dispatcher on the phone, they have all that information available. Yeah, and one of the key ones for us, you know, those, those type of traumatic incidents like, you know, vehicle accidents and car crashes to where you have data from the actual vehicle itself or from an application that tells you ground truth about what actually occurred. It's great for somebody to drive by and say, oh my God, it's been a terrible accident, right? And then you get information from the vehicle saying, yeah, that vehicle was traveling at 81 miles an hour. It rolled three times, airbag deployed front, side and rear. There were four occupants because of seat sensors, but only two were restrained because of seatbelt sensors. That's a different response paradigm than me just saying, okay, let's send an officer in one truck and see what we get when we get there, right? Right. Because we're yeah. removing that emotion, removing that in that context of, you know, oh my God, every wreck is always bad, you know? And then we have actual data that supports that fact. That is massive. And that helps us to be able to actually dispatch faster, but more accurately. Because mm -hmm. now I know, well, that's four patients, right? High-speed NVA rollover, two unrestrained. That's four patients. It's probably going to be a couple of trucks, maybe some helicopters, you know, all these other things that go into that process. And man, we, we absolutely like rock stars, right? Because mm -hmm. we like, we like, it's almost like we're precog and know what's going on in that scene because we have data that's not been influenced by human emotion sometimes. Right. And, and, you know, for my fire dispatchers out there, and, and that's such a great example because, you know, some, we, we always get the vehicle descriptions because nine times out of 10, we want, you know, the officers going to be looking for a particular type of vehicle, but, you know, for the fire dispatchers out there and, and for your police dispatchers as well, did you know that there's a different response if the vehicle is on fire and it's gas powered versus an electric yeah. vehicle? If you didn't know, go and ask your responders because it's a different, it's a different response. And so then having that information available to you, you now can focus more on providing the customer service and the empathy and those things that are going to help that exchange of information instead of trying to battle with someone because they're so traumatized, they're so yeah. much in shock. Yeah. You've got yeah. that information, even if it's just to prompt, okay, I show you in a black Ford Edge, is that correct? That's huge. Then 
trying to go down that path. And we've all had those situations where we're trying to get information from somebody and they're just, it's not because they don't want to give you the information. It's, it's because they're just so, you know, overwhelmed with the situation yeah. and, and that kind of stuff reduces that stress and allows us to provide that, that excellent customer service that we all got in this, this position, this role, this career, because we want to help people. And so the better we can do that, the more efficiently we can do that, that's that's why we're here and that's why it's so exciting to be a, a be a part of you know today's 911 mm -hmm. do you mentioned no you're fine uh apple and their medical id stuff does other do other brands or companies have that on their phone because i'm not an iphone user <gasps> oh thank you thank you <laughs> hallelujah all right don't don't drink that kool-aid <laughs> okay uh, then. so yes yeah, so apple health Right. But I'll, you know, that would that be from the, the phone or even from the Apple Watch fault detection uh, for Google. They don't have a similar uh, process. So we rolled out emergencyhealthprofile.org, another free service nationwide. It's emergencyhealthprofile.org. Um, you can fill the information out. All you need is a cell phone number, whether you're Apple or Google, it doesn't really matter. And if now one call comes in, we deliver that information anywhere in the country. Uh, another one, medical alert. Anybody wears the traditional medical alert bracelet that has a code on it. All that's inside the platform as well. You can actually query that information without a phone call. So if you know if you will somebody who's DFO, right? I don't know if that's a Colorado term in Tennessee, it means it done fell out. Done fell out. Yeah. So if somebody DFOs and they've got a medical alert bracelet, you can actually look at the code up in, in the portal, put the numbers in. Not exactly that. Oh my gosh, they're a diabetic patient, right? They're a type one insulin diabetic, you know, uh, diabetes mellitus. So that's important information. Again, it just we we become this almost this data repository. And every time I say that. Telecommunicators are like oh, data. I mean, <laughs> we, we we already you know this is all new stuff, and we don't like. I'm gonna tell you something. You've had all this additional data for 50 years, right? Ever since the very first 911 call in Alabama, when we heard the background shots being fired, somebody being beaten, screaming from the vehicle, somebody saying, "Oh my gosh, his arm is lacerated." Oh, there's blood. All that additional data we've heard on the phone. We've processed in a digital format to analog format into our ear. We've thought about it. And then what do we do? We just turn right around. We type into a screen and we read it. And the, the dispatcher or whomever sees that, they read it. They key up the microphone, right? And say all units. And they give it right back out into an uh, analog format. What we're doing today is two things. Removing a lot of that human emotion that leads to error, one. And the second piece is we're delivering some of that information to you already in a format you're going to consume it in anyway. You don't have to think about it. You don't have to hear it. You can just see the data and you can pass it along to the dispatch function. And that saves a lot of time. And again, it reduces that stress because that that earpiece, whether you're wearing a headset or ear, whatever it may be, that is a main line to your psyche. Mm -hmm. The things that we hear, we know stick with us, right? Mm -hmm. And so if we can remove some of that and say, yes, I see that you're in that Ford Edge. I see that you're in this whatever vehicle. I see your location, that you're off the embankment, that you've rolled off the mountain. I see what you're at exactly. Let's get to the next question and move on. And for us, that's powerful. And you can tell we're very passionate about it. And Yeah. And and just in, in my, uh, before I left my communication center, we had a call for service that, that was a, a 911 hang up, you know, no post contact. And, and for our agency at that, that level, if it was a phase two and no distress heard, we still sent an officer out to check the area and make sure that there was you know, no need for assistance. 
But in this particular call, there was a significant amount of health data that someone had taken some time to enter in their emergency health profile. And we looked at it and we thought, hmm, and we were police only. So we would send an officer out, check the area. They would, you know, unable to locate and they'd go back in service. And this one, we thought, you know what? We should probably send the paramedics just because of, of the, the severity of some of her conditions. And our officers went out, the paramedics went out. They ended up finding her and she was going into a, a diabetic coma. And had it just been an officer who had come across her, found her, did some triage, got on the radio, asked for the paramedics. Now we've got to call the paramedics. They've got to get in their rig and respond. We're not talking seconds, we're talking minutes. And we know in 911 that seconds save lives, minutes are huge. And, and so just to have them on scene. So we're not, I mean, as much as, yes, there's some change, it may change your operations. It may change the way you do things, but it's changing it because it matters. It's changing it because it needs to change. Not because we're just going to throw this at you and good luck. It, it, it needs to change. It's the 21st century. And, you know, the evolution of what we do is constantly on the move and demands are different and technology is different. And if we can put that into the communication centers and into the first responders hands, then our job is done, we're winning. And the uh, public safety is gonna go up, responder safety is gonna go up, stress is gonna go down. I mean, all, all sorts of great stuff. So it's cool. It's cool. It's cool. There's your it's tagline right there. Yeah. yeah, it's cool. It's cool. It's cool. The end. Yeah. I feel like based on you guys describing it that I need to play around with it more and make sure that I know where I can access that information before I take a 911 call. That's a really good point, ma'am. So I, I, so I have I, I, she got her hand up already, right? She's ready. She's she's prime. You can okay. wait a second. You're gonna have to wait a second. I know. Right. So one of the one of the things that we realized wrapped SOS was that uh, a lot of our a lot of our training was around the platform, around the software, around how do you actually, you know, you know, how do you access the data? What's this doing, et cetera. And so we hired Leslie. I said, Leslie, I want you to take training from product focused to process focused. So in our SOS portal, I don't think we've said this yet. We'll make sure everybody understands this. It's free. Oh, yeah. Did, we should have led with that. Yeah, free. free. Okay, all this stuff is free. So going from product to process, we hired Leslie. And Liz has been going through the training portal, which is double click the hamburger icon in the corner. It's little three lines. We call it the hamburger icon because we're super nerdy like that. And we're we're the training platform. So we like food. Right? right? Yeah, exactly. And then like all the different data points and data types are available there for you to do training, for you to do like a knowledge check off. And I'm going to punt to Leslie because this is her. This is this is what she does every single day. Yeah. And, and it's super exciting. And and um Again, it's free. But so for, for those of you who are using Rapid SOS and you didn't know that the training portal existed, okay, hamburger icon, click down to training and you'll see a ton of courses there. Um, and we put videos, uh, short little snippets of information. And for the supervisors, managers and directors out there, uh, there are knowledge checks. Your employees can uh, get a certificate. So you can put it in their, their training folder and you can say, yes, our center 
is fully trained on everything in Rapid SOS. But as new things happen, so say you have uh, registered for a course, we've got a, a what's new course. And that's where we do announcements and things like that. And so you've gone through all the, the lessons. Okay, I'm good to go. Well, guess what? Something else new comes on. So now you're going to get an email from Rapid SOS that says, hey, go back to the what's new course because there's something added. We want, we want you to make sure that you are constantly updated with everything that's in there because like anything, it doesn't matter if nobody interacts with it. And yeah. so we really want to make sure that that training does walk you through not only like Jameson saying, okay, this is what it does. How am I going to make it work in my center? And, and that's, I'm available. And I think that's one thing we've learned from COVID is I don't necessarily need to come into your center and sit next to you in your communication center, which I would love to do. And I will do that. But we can just get on a quick Zoom meeting and I can walk you through it. Um, there are sample policies in there. So for my supervisors, managers, and directors who are thinking, okay, great, this is awesome. But how do I make sure that I've got something that supports the use of this on a daily basis? We've got policies. So a lot of different things that exist inside Rapid SOS so your employees can go in and look at it. And to your point, you, you mentioned, you know, I just I just look at it for the location. We're dispatchers. So obviously yeah. that's that's our main focus. But hopefully from what we've talked about here is just click on that phone number, click on that map pin, and it's going to open up a whole nother window and event pane where all of this information is gonna be stored. So it's it's a click away or a hover away, and you'll be able to see some of that additional information. And that's exciting. Yeah. Yeah. I can't know that I, when I played around with Rapid SOS once, uh, I got too scared because I was like, I don't wanna get up, I don't wanna lose my map. But <laughs> I uh, saw that the, we, like there's like alarm company calls and stuff like that that were there. We still get calls from alarm companies mm -hmm guessing that you guys have partnered with alarm companies that you have for like vehicle crashes and stuff like that. So maybe talk a little bit about that so that maybe I'll use it. Well, I know how much everybody loves alarms, right? They're the yeah. most fantastic <laughs> calls ever. Right. Oh yeah. Yes. So, so Cover zone two. Oh, yeah. what's that? Yeah. Who knows? We're, yeah. we're in route to zone two. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So trying to figure out like from alarm companies, first of all, how do we increase the speed to which we get that at the comm center, right? You know, and, and there's a lot of things that you'll see coming up in 2022 that will change the alarm industry. Uh, and I don't say that very lightly. Um, but the fact that we have alarms are being sold right now for Christmas presents, right? That have video, that have multiple sensors, multiple doorway entries, et cetera. Being able to deliver it to the comm center that says, hey, you know, you have exterior motion, you have a door open, you have interior motion, you have glass breakage, et cetera, right? That tells me there's actually someone in the in the building. Mm -hmm. Now we know that there's a process where we can we can actually send that information to the comm center. That's easy, but giving you access to maybe the video inside the structure is even more important. Now, not everybody wants to do that, and we're cool with that, right? So our process is twofold here. So one is we're going to deliver all the data that we have about that alarm at time of incident right to the comm center. So you're going to see things like the key holder's name and the key holder's phone number without having to ask for it. Shocker, right? Yeah. <laughs> Secondly, some things we're seeing, like there are three dogs on prem. Good to know. The key's mm -hmm. under the mat in the back door. Awesome, right? That's great for medical calls. But not only that, if we have all the information that the operator is going to tell you from the alarm monitoring company, why do you need the call? 
So there is a process that we've already been deployed here in the US. We've been really crafting and curating and refining that process is there are ECCs who are not getting a phone call and they're actually chatting live with that uh, alarm company center. And they're like, yep, got it, acknowledged, any updates, negative, officers on scene, closed, oh. right? And so I think about just from the standpoint, we, we talked to a major metropolitan area here in the South uh, East. They said during a windstorm, it's not uncommon to see 400 alarms an hour. Oh, right, and every one of those is a phone call, at least one phone call, typically yeah. two, call back for the key holder update, three, call back and say, is it still going out, whatever it may be, right? And Lord help you if you get the rookie on the street, can you call back and say what kind of vehicle they're going to drive up in? Right. But if we can reduce half of those phone calls, all those phone calls, and imagine again, reduction in stress, quicker time to dispatch, reduction in workload. I don't have to listen to the three minute phone call or get put on hold or it goes to admin and it's an important call and it has to go through the entire queue first before it actually mm -hmm. rings into me. That's huge. Les? Well, and, and it's also for, for those of your listeners who may not work in the comm center, but they have house alarms. I mean, how awesome is that going to be to realize that that information is getting into the communication center that much faster? And we can process that call. If we're still getting the phone call, we can see all the information of the answers to all the questions that we would normally ask anyway. We got it. Yep. And then if, if the agency chooses, and again, it goes back to what Jameis said, said earlier, that Yes, we have the capability, but we want you at the ECC level to make that determination of what's going to work best for you, because we all know that old adage, you visited one ECC, you visited one ECC, you know, everybody does things a little bit differently. But in the event that you do start to take the full alerts or the alerts where that phone call is no longer coming into your center, you know, that now frees you up to do all of those other things. So even if you're a one seat, two seat, three center agency, you've got the ability now to manage the, the influx of calls for service through different mediums. So it's not just gonna come from the phone, it may come from the sensor on the car or it's gonna come from directly from the alarm company where your phone never rings. So it's, it's again, and, and this is just one of many things that is coming, it's here and uh, we wanna be the ones that make sure that it makes sense to people because we've all because seen we've sat there. Yeah. Because yeah. we've sat there, right? Yeah. We understand yeah. Jesus help us. Right. Okay. Yes. Let's do that. We can do that. Yeah. yeah. Because technology, some of it, it's like, okay, well, how does that help me? Okay. Well, I'm here to tell you that, that our public safety team, we sit on calls and look at some of this stuff and go, that's cool. But mm, yeah. I don't know. How is that really going to help me? How's that really going to help the ECC? How is that really going to help public safety? And so that is truly a conversation that we have before we start going down this path, because we understand that change and change and change is sometimes difficult to manage. And so we don't want to just put stuff out there that doesn't make any sense to you. We want to make sure that the public is safer your responders are safer, you're more efficient in the communication center because of the interaction that you have with, with the things that are coming with, with Rapid SOS. Wow. 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 <laughs> yeah, oh, a little nice. pop up right here. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> Technology, <laughs> isn't it awesome? Yeah. yeah. Talk about Zoom. change, there it goes. Yeah. <laughs> that um, just happened. Right. Yes. Right. So um, on that path of 
working with alarm companies more so we can eliminate those calls. I have also discovered when looking at rapid SOS that when you click, click on the phone number that it's called in and it shows like the land long and the approximate location, like what is the confidence of that location. It also gives you three random words and mm-hmm. that it works with what three words, but we, we have like a login for it, but I'm not sure if we've really used it because we're like, oh, it's rapid SOS. We've got the location from them. So I guess maybe if you guys can talk more about like what, what three words is and how that can help, like not only people calling 911, but the ECCs that look at it and they're like, oh, that's weird. It's blueberry grape and cake. Yeah, yeah exactly. which are three great words to put together, by the way. Yeah, that's so, delicious. So I, like when, when what three words first came out, I was doing some GIS work and I was like, man, we'll never use this. This is not public safety GIS, right? This is some mm-hmm. man. I eat my words. Uh, no pun intended. Um, so what three words is basically when, when we have a caller that when we have a location that caller, we generate the what three words for the caller's location. And if they move beyond that box, which is a 10 foot by 10 foot box, if they move beyond it, we update those three words. How do you utilize that, right? How do we use that for search and rescue or even just for finding somebody? That was the problem I kind of had a, like, I don't, I don't know how we did that. So all you have to do, the app is free. Just ask your responders to put it on their phones. And if there's ever a situation where they can't find the person, give them the three words. And that's the difference between giving them a structure address, like 7951 Highway 22, versus giving them 7951 Highway 22, room 213, but with what three words because it's a 10 foot by 10 foot box i can put them in one of two chairs that's incredible mm-hmm. right that is incredible but think about a lost person mm-hmm. that's that's a, that's easy right i can literally instead of it launching aircraft in the middle of the night and sending out 500 responders to the mountainside where y'all live or whatever it may be right i can say they're standing right there just mm-hmm. walk to them and walk them back out but the one that really made me excited that's cool right the one that made me excited was West Palm Beach, Florida. Said, so, you know what we use it for? Butt dollars on the beach. We literally send officers out on a beach full of people and they walk up to the person, thump them one time and say, hey, moron, turn your phone off. They got wet, it's calling 911. And to have that precise location to walk up to a beach tile and say, hey, you, your phone's calling 911. Yeah, that's that's incredible, right? And that's the one yeah. that took them to get really happy about. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, yeah. Like, like Jameson, uh, you know, in my ECC, my former ECC, it was, you know, we're a suburban area. Everything's got an address. Big deal. Why, why do I need what three words? But just for, you know, fun, you know, for the listeners and, and for maybe for you as well, if you've already got the app on your phone, download the app, what three words, and then sit in your living room and look at what your what three words are. And then step out to the backyard and see what your what three words are. Imagine how that's going to change somebody's response time if yeah. they know they got to go to the backyard yeah. or all of those places. And, you know, I know in Colorado, you've got a lot of areas where there are no addresses. Mm-hmm. And we've we've heard of places, national parks and some of the the hiking organizations that are putting the what three words on the trailhead signs. Hey, download this before you go into uh, the trail waterways. Uh, you know, people along the beach, all of these different things that when you start to realize, gosh, okay, I'm, I'm out in the canoe in the middle of a lake and something's happened and I've called 911 and you're going to ask me, where are you? I'm in the middle of the lake. Okay. And what do we, what do we you go from being do? canoe to cannot, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. And, and what do we, we normally do is we'll send 
you know, we'll send the responders and then we'll have the person on the phone. Okay, my responders have their sirens on. Do you hear them yet? No? Mm -hmm. Nope, they don't hear you. Go this mm -hmm. way. Now, 10 foot by 10 foot square, right there, right there. That's awesome. And it's, it's global. Um, well, I had an opportunity to talk to some people who um, worked near Bryce and Zion and some of those national mm -hmm. parks in Utah. And they said, because this is a, a, a global uh, functionality, that they would have people who the only English they could speak was the what three words on their phone. And they were able to, to walk them out of Bryce because they had taken a wrong turn. And even if you have, you know, police officers who have trouble with, I don't know, words, if they start putting it into their device and they get the first word halfway down, it knows where they're standing and says, hey, do you mean ABC? Yeah, I sure do. I'm standing next to ABC because the next option maybe is a thousand meters or a thousand kilometers away. And so it's so smart that it knows if you start putting in one word, it's going to direct you to where that location's at without even having all three words or even misspelling the words, which occasionally can happen, of course. Right. Yeah, it's it's pretty amazing. And and for anyone who's tried to uh, convey lat long over the radio, <laughs> uh, and the, that's a long string of numbers. And I was told there would be no math. So, you know, I don't <laughs> 10 codes. I got lat long. No, three words. I'm in. So I, awesome. it's just amazing. It, it it's just changes the way we do things. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, exciting. Yeah. Um, so I know that when I use rapid SOS all the time, especially for open lines and stuff like that. But there's very few times in which a phone number doesn't pop up on there. So I'm guessing like what, what do the listeners have to know, especially callers, like what makes your phone able to give us that information? You know, good question. Very good question. And I appreciate this because you're not going to get landline calls, right? Unless unless you go to, to Rapid SOS Premium, you don't get landline caller information, right? That's delivered by traditional alley from a service somewhere, right? Mm -hmm. Secondly is your phone has to have a data connection. And so I know that sometimes we see certain like CDMA technology, which is, there's LTE, CDMA. CDMA sometimes doesn't allow you to send data the same time you're actually on the phone. And so mm -hmm. what happens is you get the call and you're like, I didn't see any data and they hang up whoop, and the, the, the little thing pops up and you're like well why'd that happen for i'm already off that call it's because when they close the audio connection the data connection comes back up and it sends a location for the vast majority of callers particularly those in the last few years everybody's been migrating over to smartphones with data plans etc we're actually having a lot of calls come in where it's putting the plot on the map before the phone actually rings in the comm center because the data connection is two three milliseconds with a call setup time may be as long as six seconds. Mm -hmm. And so you're, you're like, why is it showing up on my map for? And because that person's already made the 911 send, the data's already gone. Mm -hmm. And so that, that equates to two awesome things. One is, I think I'm talking to twos today. One is, you know the location when the phone rings. Fantastic. But two is, you know the location if the phone doesn't ring. And so in an outage or a wildfire that takes down, you know, some type of infrastructure, we're seeing so many calls. We had a bombing here in Nashville last Christmas mm -hmm. to where the infrastructure was gone. But all across Tennessee, Kentucky and Alabama, people were saying, we're seeing things plot on the map. I said, because your public is trying to reach you and mm -hmm. they can't get through, call them back. And they were like, we saw cardiac arrest. We saw all these different issues going on. Apparently domestics happened on Christmas day with families, who knew, right? <laughs> all these things were still going on because now one was down, they had no way to get through. But they were seeing it pop up on the map. They're like, I know the caller's location, and I know the phone number. I'm reaching back out to them and starting a response. 
that's how do we not embrace that as telecommunicators, right? And I don't know I'm a little bit biased, but how do we not like latch on that? Like this is this is exactly what we've been asking for for decades. Yeah. And oh, did we say that it was free? free. Yeah. <laughs> um, I oh, just want to make sure that you know, free, 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 free. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Okay. I, I don't think I have any more questions. Do you? No, this was so helpful. And I, my favorite part is I'm going to have some time when I get back yes. to the console. Yeah. Look at more Absolutely. Things. If you have questions or concerns, reach out to me or Leslie or anybody on our team anytime, uh, which we absolutely believe in the mission of 911, right? We come from that background and we believe in what y'all are doing. It's just amazing to be able to work for a company that empowers telecommunicators to save more lives easier. And that's, mm -hmm. And what, what a great time to be alive in 911. Uh, yeah. I, much like Les, I remember when wireless came out. Phase, phase zero. Did you know it was a phase yeah. zero? It was a phase zero, by the way. Uh, and I remember that. I was like, how are we ever going to find these people? So many people are going to die. And here we are today. We're like, you know, how do we how do we find those last two to three percent of people that we're not mm -hmm. getting data from? So, mm -hmm. Eric and Timmy, I just thank you all so much for the opportunity. I, I really enjoy it. Enjoy the podcast. And yes. love the Instagram account, too. <laughs> <laughs> we appreciate it. Yes, yes, awesome. Cool. Well, um, thanks for listening, everybody, and uh, hope you learned something. If not, you can send us an email to how to know one podcast at cityofloveland.org, and we can help answer those questions and reach out to Leslie and Jameson if we also can't answer those questions because obviously we're also learning about this product, um, this awesome tool, free, free, free. tool. <laughs> for yeah. us all to use. Um, so yeah, reach out to us via email if you guys have any questions and check out our Instagram because Jameson's a fan. Yeah. <laughs> and you you don't need any other excuse. If yeah, Jameson's a fan, that's you it. know it's got to be on. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> great. Uh, that's it. Until next time, guys, know who you are, know your phone number and tell us exactly what happens. I'm just going to stop recording. Is that possible? Mm -hmm. Oh, thank you. So... Thank you.